What's happening, people? What is going on? It is your three stooges just being dudes. The fantasy football fellas. Welcome to oh, episode two. I'm here two. with with Lucas. Lucas, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Hello to the people indeed. And how about how about we hear from uh from, from Cameron now? Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. You know, I had a great second to last day of class. Only had five of my 11 kids crying. Um, and so just ready to talk some football now. You know, I've been looking forward to it all day and just cannot wait. Can we, hey, can we, can we pause though and recognize that's, that's like 50% of the class? You mentioned it earlier <laughs> and I didn't realize it was 11 kids. That's 50%, right. man. Hey, that, that None of them were my fault. All right. It was a stressful <laughs> day drawing pictures. All right. I just, something was in the water today. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. No, 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 no not at ball. all. Never, never, never. Lucas, I got, I got a, I got a question for you. Yeah, man. Shoot me straight. Um, Let's do it. What's this, what's, uh, what's this episode going to be about? What are, what are, what did we do in preparation for this, for this episode here? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked for this episode uh, because I, I sit and do mock drafts all by myself in my free time. And it's kind of lonely when I do it by myself uh, because it's either computer generated and I could sit and do like five of them in 15 minutes. Uh, but uh, we're decided, we decided we want to uh, let everyone else in on a mock draft with us three, the way, uh, the fantasy football fellas are drafting so far. So we have mock draft 1.0 for everybody this episode. Yes. Yes, sir. We have mock draft 1.0 coming right at you in a couple minutes. First, I want to say we are not ending our mock draft frenzies after this episode. We will have later mock drafts later on it, as we draw closer to training camp and to the start of the season just because things will obviously change literally tomorrow. Something will happen. Just, I can guarantee it. That's just how it is. Now I'm going to, I'm going to bring us into our little mock draft that me, Cam and Lucas did earlier in the week. And uh, we thought we would share our picks, share our strategies a little um, to give you guys some insight on just, you know, what to look for. When uh, when you have a certain pick, do you take this player? Do you take this position? Why do you take that player or position? Um, so just a little kind of side details to everything. We did our, our mock draft through this incredible app called Sleeper. This is not an ad, I promise. Hey, but hey, if <laughs> if Sleeper, you're listening, you got you got you got three fellows over here just Loving on your mock draft. So like I said, five and 15 minutes sleeper. I'm on you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So sleepers, big board, um, maybe a little bit different than you may see on, let's say an ESPN mock draft on a CBS mock draft. Um, so th- things will be a little different. You may hear some picks that uh, the computer um, kind of took and uh, you may go, wait, why, why did they, why, why did they do that? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> so, um, you know, 
we we have we asked those exact same questions that you may ask yourself and uh we just had to tell ourselves it is what it is it just happened it is what it is yep so also a little bit about the draft it was 10 teams um we thought about doing 12 but 10 just seems a little more standard than 12 and uh let's see cameron had the number three pick i had the number seven pick and Lucas had the number nine pick. And in this snake draft, we did uh, our rankings based off of PPR point per reception. So obviously our pass catchers are going to be a little more uh, valued than, than maybe our, you know, Josh Jacobs of the world that just runs straight ahead. So um, yeah, without further ado, let's get into our mock draft. Let's, let's dissect this thing. So um, the first pick of the draft, obviously, was Christian McCaffrey. The second pick, obviously, Dalvin Cook. Then with the third pick, Cam, who who did you take? I took Alvin Kamara. And if I have the third pick in any other draft, I am really hoping that I have a Saints fan ahead of me. I have a Derrick Henry fan ahead of me because I like. I think when I when I'm ranking these, I, the only two for sure for sure like running backs that I have that are going to be so much better than everyone else are Dalvin Cook and Chris McCaffrey. Like, I think, I think the Alvin Kamara, Zeke, Saquon, um, uh, Derek Henry, Derek Henry, that's what I mentioned. Like, they're going to obviously still be really good, but like Chris McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, I think are going to be two guys that are going to average like 24 points a game. Good. You know, like a different level of good. I think, I mean, last year, Alvin Kamara was that guy. And I, took this pick projecting him the same range or project him high because I still think that James Winston is going to be the starting quarterback in New Orleans. So I think he's going to play a lot of the same as last year. Um, this is a guy who through his first four um, seasons, except for the last year where or two years ago now where he got hurt is pretty much 1500 yards from scrimmage, 15 total touchdowns and like 75, 80 receptions. Like he has just consistently put up those numbers, which is just insane. And so I'm I don't think that that's gonna change this year. I think that he's gonna continue to run the ball. I, um Sean Payton just came out and said that they're gonna continue to rely heavily or they're gonna he didn't even say they're gonna continue. He said this year we're gonna start relying heavily on Elvin Kamara and Latavius Murray as if they didn't do that last year. I mean, those guys ran the ball like every single game. They I mean they had like forty touches between the two of them every single game. So it's like what do you mean they're going to start relying on them? So, I mean, if they, he's going to get more touches than I like it. So that was my thought process there. I was kind of weighing between him, I think Derek Henry, and Zeke. Uh, I would not take a wide receiver that high. Saquon just kind of worries me with that um, leg just because he's relies so much on being explosive. That was why I didn't think about him here. But I just had to go with Kamara just because I think in a PPR league, he's going to get so much more receptions than your average running back pretty much more reception than anyone except for Christian McCaffrey. So he, for me, was a no-brainer number three. Yeah, makes sense to me. I think all of us either have Kamara as our running back three or running back four. So there's no huge complaints, no huge arguments against that at all. Let's see now. Number four was Derrick Henry. Number five this is where the big board can get a little, you know, a little questionable. Uh, number five was Devonte Adams. Uh, number six was Jonathan Taylor. The number seven was my pick. And uh, at this point, 
it was really between two players. It was between Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. I ended up going with Saquon Barkley, even with the uh, the leg problems and the just question of an offensive line that the Giants have right now. Um, and the biggest reason why I went with Saquon over Zeke um, was because I I don't know if it's just me, but I cannot trust any running back in a Mike McCarthy offense because. Um, I don't, I don't think the Cowboys, um, if they do get out to an early enough lead, great. Then it works out in Zeke's favor. But there was a, there were plenty of games last year where they were playing from behind. And when you play from behind, you throw the ball a little bit more and maybe not even a little more, a lot more like you, (laughs) at least 80% of your plays are going to be throwing just because you need to get down the field quick. Um, and that's not to say that Zeke can't get involved in the passing game at all, but again, um, the ball, the offense is going to revolve around Saquon in New York. And I also think that the Kenny Galladay signing is actually one of the best things that will happen for Saquon. Um, I'm going to bring you back to Saquon's rookie year. Um, Saquon ran against what they call a loaded box in a loaded box means eight, I believe eight or more players within uh, the line of scrimmage. Um, He ran up against a loaded box 23% of the time. And for a rookie, that is, that's, that's a lot. You don't really see on Eli. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't see that often. Um, and especially ever since rookie, ever since his rookie season, because he still produced his rookie season. He was still a top ten running back his rookie season. Wasn't he running back one his rookie season? I I want to say yes. I'm next to positive he was. Yeah, he, he was, was one or two. Yeah. So Saquon has always had the numbers against him, right? Not so great offensive line, not so great quarterback play, and a loaded box run, running against a loaded box. Um, now the last couple years that hasn't really been the same because he's picked up a couple injuries along the way. Um, but this is where Kenny Galladay steps in because I think Kenny Galladay can actually open up the field a bit for Saquon. If they can, if they can call the right plays or draw up the right plays, Kenny can really kind of open up that field for Saquon. So when the pet, you know, the defense is ex- expecting pass, they'll just run it right up the middle with Saquon. So like I said, that could be one of the better things to happen for Saquon. Um, again, let's just hope that he gets healthy and stays healthy. And I guarantee you he's a top five running back. So I had no problem taking him at seven. Now, let's see. Number eight then obviously would have been Zeke. Number nine, Lucas Wenzel. Um, explain your uh, your decision number nine. Explain yourself. Yeah, so I, during during the mock, I was actually <laughs> was actually really hoping my pick would go the pick ahead of me, and then Zeke would fall to me because I have Zeke at running back five this year. To get him at nine, I thought would have been a major win. Um, I mean, that Cowboys offense is just going to be so good. It's so high volume; they'll be in scoring position. Um, I won't give any more analysis on Zeke because that wasn't my pick. Uh, I took Travis Kelsey though, uh, so I took him first round, which. I can't believe I did. Um, I've never Either. been one. <laughs> I've never been one to lean in to tight ends 
like before the third round. Um, and that's if you get, you know, the Gronks way back when Gronk was in his, you know, prime with Brady um, back in New England. Or I took George Kittle in the second round last year in one of my leagues. Um, but I went Travis Kelsey here. Um, I mean, the, the position's at a premium first and foremost. He's the best as they come. Outscored Darren Waller by, I believe, I have the exact number. Outscored Darren Waller by 34 fantasy points next year. Next closest person after Darren Waller was 136 points behind Travis Kelsey. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I took the best guy, the clear-cut, clear-cut best guy at his position uh, to, to make sure I have that position locked up, ready to go. Uh, another crazy number about Travis Kelsey, you transition his fantasy points, uh, turn him into a wide receiver. Travis Kelsey would have been a wide receiver four last year. Um, so, uh, I mean, that doesn't necessarily help because you still had guys like Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs on the board who I would you know say are probably wide receiver two and three behind Devontae Adams um, or put them in any order you want. I wouldn't complain. But um, ultimately, I got a top five wide receiver uh, I have the best tight end and I have that position locked up um, though. Kind of looking how the next couple of picks shook out. I kind of, I, I don't, I don't want to say I regret the pick, but I kind of do at the same time. Cause I really had my eye on Nick Chubb uh, or Aaron Jones wrapping around to me in the next round. Uh, but wouldn't you know, uh, computers can read your mind, I guess. Uh, and team 10 came around on the swing and took both Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones uh, leaving me with, uh, Austin Eckler and that was more so of a pick uh, in round two here now we're in round two so uh, Nick Chubb was pick 10 of round one uh, pick one of round two was Aaron Jones pick two for me and then in the next round then was Austin Eckler so um, it was more so again like I said grab because I need the position locked up you can't afford to miss out on a top 10 running back because um, it gets really really bleak I'd say after Aaron Jones yeah. Austin Eckler is nothing to shrug at but uh, I mean, I still have my fair share of concerns with him as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of him this year. I know I'm going to get production. He, he's a talented player. He's going to be used in that offense. But Anthony Lynn was the offense, was a head coach, excuse me, last year. He's offensive coordinator now in Detroit. But uh, Anthony Lynn loved to use his running backs. Um, and I don't know what we're going to get out of the Chargers offense this year. And when you have Justin Herbert coming back in from sophomore slump, well, coming in, potentially having a sophomore slump, excuse me. Um, I don't want to put too much stock into that, but um, I guess bottom line, I feel a lot better and I know exactly what I'm going to get with Nick Chubb this year with that Kevin Stefanski offense. Uh, I know what I'm going to get with Aaron Jones, assuming Aaron Rodgers is playing this year. Austin Eckler is the one who has the most variance there at this moment of time. Um, and I could see him kind of going one of two ways. I could see him maintaining his value where I drafted him, or I could see him kind of falling back a little bit and ending up, you know, kind of missing out on an opportunity to take a, a Tyree kill, a Stefan Diggs um, at that spot. But again, I, I really couldn't afford to pass on a running back. And that was pretty much the sole reason why I took Austin Eckler there. So Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler were my two, my first two picks. Uh, and ultimately I, I'm, I'm not too upset about it. I love that Austin Eckler pick. I think I'm really bullish on the whole Chargers offenses here. I think they're going to light it up. Um, and I really like Austin Eckler, um, a player that I took later, a little bit of foreshadowing. He's my, probably my favorite player in the draft right now. Um, he's also on that Chargers offense. But, Lucas, <laughs> I got a question for you. Yeah, Would you rather 
uh, looking back on it now, yep. have had Travis Kelsey and Austin Eckler or Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones? Uh, if I'm looking back on it, uh, Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, because I could have taken Darren Waller in round three. Again, little fo- little foreshadowing there. But, um, again, sure. I mean, I get the drop off of 34 points, but I also get two stud running backs, and I know exactly what yeah. I'm going to get. So, yeah. I think I hindsight, if I could have snagged both Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones there, I 100% would have. So, yeah. I really can't blame the computer for doing what they did, but... With, with what I was dealt, I'm pleased with what I have so far. For sure. Perfect. So then, in between me and Lucas's pick, uh, went pretty much, I think, our, all of our wide receiver two uh, was Tyreek Hill. And then came my pick. And through all of, I don't want to say, at least 100 mock drafts I've done on my own, I've really kind of found that your first two picks, if your first two picks are running backs, that's the that's the foundation for a pretty solid team. So when it came around in the second round for me, I wanted I, I looked right away for running backs. And the the running backs that I would have wanted to take, like the Antonio Gibsons of the world, or maybe JK Dobbins. Um I felt it was a little too early. Oh, no. Hey, no. We're not going down the mixing path. No, oh no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Mm-mm. Unreal. You just, no. you just skipped right over him. That's next week. There. I did. We'll, I did. We'll, we'll spend plenty of time on mixing for you next week. <laughs> hey, I, uh, you know, you know, I said last week I would probably stay away from Najee Harris, but uh, I, I'd take Najee Harris over Joe Mixon. I'll say that. Oh, I can't believe you just said that. My rankings will not agree with what I just said. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't think your rankings <laughs> say that, but hey, uh, that's what I we can't believe that for. just came out of your mouth. I am <laughs> uncommon. We may need to restart the episode. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> pause, pause, <laughs> pause. All right. So, uh, like I said, looking at the running backs, I felt it was a little too early to take another running back with where I was at. Um, so my next three options were a wide receiver. It was between DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and Stefan Diggs. And um, I went with Diggs. And uh, that pains me as a Vikings fan because <laughs> he's no longer he's no longer on my team. <laughs> and he trashed us like a month ago. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not terribly sad. Um, That's Twitter, it, it's, though. It's Twitter. <laughs> um it was it's bittersweet for sure, but um, out of out of the three, um, I think Diggs is far more superior than Hopkins and Metcalf. Hopkins or uh, Hopkins has a lot, a lot of optimism going into the season because it's another season with Kyler Murray. It's another season, um, in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. Um, so he he was my second choice. Um, DK, you know, was my third choice. I just I can't I can't I'm not a I'm not a fan of inconsistency and it seems like with the Seahawks it could be one or two games with DK and then the next game after that is the Tyler Lockett show. Yeah, drops um, 50 on you. Right. Yep. On uh, the worst weeks. On the worst of weeks. Mm. But um like I said I went with Diggs um and I think Diggs really showed last year 
Um, it didn't matter who was surrounding the ball, whether it was Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, I mean, it had Case Keenum. Um, and it didn't matter who was guarding him too. I mean, he had Stefan Gilmore two games of the year and he dominated Stefan Gilmore. Um, he, he produced, um, and I, I looked up his stats and I kind of averaged out what he kind of would have scored week to week in fantasy. Um, he would have, he was averaging 16.5 points each week. And that, that to me, and I should say this also, that's without a score. He scored eight times. I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that's six more points on top of that. So he's scoring 20 when he scores. And if he doesn't, he's scoring 16. And in my opinion, that's, that's perfect. That's money range for your wide receiver one. So to me, it was a no brainer to go with Diggs. Um, but there was, there was some reason to maybe look at Hopkins and Metcalf, but Diggs was my pick. And so I was sitting with then Saquon Barkley as my running back one and Stefan Diggs as my run as my wide receiver one. So then, after me, DK Metcalf went next. Joe Mixon, DeAndre Hopkins, Cam Akers was Cam's second round pick. And Cam, explain the, this uh, this Cam Akers pick. All right. First thing is, I was so disappointed that Joe Mixon went two picks ahead of me. I thought there was <laughs> no way that I was going to miss out on Joe Mixon. I thought for sure he was mine. Um, I will talk about why I love Joe Mixon next week, um, like Lucas said. But uh, Cam Akers was on the board. And I'm going to be honest, also, I kind of cheated the system i've done enough drafts on uh sleeper where i would have taken my third round pick here um we'll talk about who that was when we come back around um but i knew he'd fall in this draft just the way that the computer takes the picks so i took a running back here um i went with cam Akers over jk dobbins over josh jacobs antonio gibson deandre swift and Najee harris uh i just think that i'm not sold yet on cam Akers. i just don't think we saw enough of him last year but I kind of feel like that with all the sophomore running backs, um, there are very few where I think I saw enough to be like, all right, this is how he's going to play next year. And I think maybe Antonio Gibson is one of them. But you got like your CEH, who we didn't really see um, get to mesh yet. J.K. Dobbins was the same way. Um, but I just think that in that um, Rams offense, I think they're going to be kind of back to where they're scoring 100 points a game and be up all up and down the field. I really don't think Daryl Henderson is that much of a threat to Cam Akers' job. I, he played. He was pretty decent last year, but I just don't think he's that much of a threat this year, especially the way that Cam Akers kind of came out at the end of the year. Sean McVay started trusting him, and I really trust Sean McVay as a play caller, although sometimes I do think he gets a little too cute for his own good. Um, but just him being able to score or put up 171 yards against, I know it was a beat up out of the playoffs, New England defense, but just be able to show that he can do it um, and then started catching more more passes at the end of the season. He wasn't really catching in the beginning, but he wasn't really doing much in the beginning with his rib injury and then fighting for time with Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Um, so this year I do feel a little more confident than those other ones just because I don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to catch quite as many passes. Um, Antonio Gibson, I think he's going to be pretty good. I just don't think he's going to be quite at the same level um, of, as far as his output. Um, and so that, that is why I took Cam Akers there. Um, then after me went J.K. Dobbins. Then they took Patrick Mahomes in the second round. Uh, then went Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas. And then my favorite player in this whole draft, Keenan Allen. Uh, this is my hot take of the week. Uh, this is like the one where you pull us it all over. 
all over Twitter and Instagram, and then you save it because at the end of the year, it is going to be a perfect take, and you're going to wish you were. <laughs> Keenan Allen will be wide receiver one at the end of this year and all the fantasy. Wow. All right. Listen to these stats real quick. I'll, I'll clip up. it. I'll clip it. I'm getting ready to clip it. <laughs> all right. Let me pull these up. All right. So in his first 100 games, he has more receptions than any other player in NFL history. So any great wide receiver that you can think of, he has more receptions than his first 100 games. Um, in only 13 games last year, he had 100 receptions on 150 targets. Now, he didn't score a crazy amount of touchdowns, but, I mean, that's a lot of targets that he's been getting in only 13 games and only 12 of them with Justin Herbert. So, I don't know. I just think that I I don't think Herbert's going to experience that sophomore slump. I think he's going to take that next step forward. I think that um, this Chargers team as a whole is coming together. They got a better protection on the offensive line. Eckler's going to be healthy. I just don't see them taking that step back. Um, and I don't really think any defenses in that AFC West are that amazing. Like, I think Denver's all right. Chiefs are all right. But, like, I just think that they're just going to tear them apart and be in shootouts just like the Chargers always are. You know, that's just – I don't care who's at the helm, like head coach or calling plays. They're always in shootouts. That's just the Chargers' way. Um, so I just think that's going to continue. And I'm, I do think, like, it doesn't really matter who else is on the board at wide receiver – I, the only reason I don't have my rankings is I didn't want people to make fun of me. I'm going to be honest. And so um, <laughs> I just think that that's where Keenan Allen is going to be. And so I was so excited to take him. I would have taken him with my second round pick, but I knew the way sleeper works. So I was kind of cheating the system. I mean, I think way, I think to, in, way to play the board. Just doing my job. I think like, I think in most mocks too, like, I mean, Keenan Allen, I think he does have the upside to be drafted in round two. But <clears throat> I mean, I think he he's early round three. I mean, I don't think you necessarily reached for him. Um, no, but I, I also don't think he, like, fell to you either at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, I mean, I get it if people want to draft him as early as round two. I'm not going to be upset to do that. But, I mean, I, I think I think he fell to you just at about the, the right spot um, to take him, especially with that upside. Um, yeah. Real quick, would you guys, would you guys agree that you wouldn't, like – would you guys not be surprised if most drafts that you guys will be in for actual leagues, if round two is super wide receiver heavy, would you guys be surprised by that? I could, I could definitely see a wide receiver run going into, I mean, you just look at the running backs. Like after Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler was hurt last year. Um, Joe Mixon was hurt last year. He is so undervalued. Um, Cam Akers, JK Dobbins, um, you didn't see much of Josh Jacobs um, has Kenyon Drake coming in. So people don't know how to trust him. I don't, fade I mean, Josh Jacobs, fade um, Josh Jacobs, Antonio, Antonio Gibson people. I just don't think people saw enough of him, even though he was really good last year. I just don't think he's as popular. Um, and then DeAndre Swift, no one knows what's going on in Detroit. And Najee Harris is a um, rookie. So I just think that there's a lot of good wide receivers that I could see there being a huge, I mean, where I can see, potentially like all 12 picks being wide receiver like because i think there's enough in that range that it wouldn't surprise me that people are just going wide receiver wide receiver, wide receiver. and then you kind of get in that train of oh they took wide receiver i gotta take one now even though i think you can still wait to later rounds and you can kind of take a running back there um and even if you get a second running like a third running back where people are taking them in wide, wide receivers and you wait till later i think that could still work out but i could definitely see a huge run of wide receivers in that second round i think 
I think I'd be more shocked to see people reach for running backs in round two than take a safe guy like Tyreek Hill. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I, I took – if I took a running back in the first round – and you know, let's talk the whole toss the whole Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones scenario out of the window, right? Like, let's say I drafted Zeke instead, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting and I'm I'm looking at you know Austin Eckler, Tyreek Hill. I I probably would have gone Tyreek Hill there instead of one of those guys. I, he's so explosive. I know what I'm getting. Um, yeah. All you know, I, I get the talent drops off quickly, but I still think there's a couple of decent guys um, who come around the loop there. And especially if you get one of those top six guys. Um, I'm not as panicked to take a running back in round two then. I think I'd much rather take a guy who's got a safe floor and a high ceiling. Like you said, Tyler, DeAndre Hopkins, safe, knows that offense. Cliff Kingsbury said Kyler's mastered the system at this point, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Now they brought A.J. Green in. I mean, A.J. Green's not a huge threat anymore, but again, it helps helps open that offense just a bit more. Uh, Again, I, I could go off and list all those wide receivers, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if there's like a 50 50 split there of yeah. once you get to like the the fourth or fifth pick of the second round then you start to see those wide receivers really start to fly off the board um, yeah but then once you get out of past the you know top four or five wide receivers then you start to open it up even more which will which we continue to see in round three here so tyler mm-hmm. i'll let you kind of continue the way up to your pick sure so as cam said his uh his round three pick was Keenan Allen, so that that makes Alvin Kamara, Cam Akers, and Keenan Allen his top three picks. Following him was George Kittle, AJ Brown, then Josh Jacobs, and then my pick at number seven was Antonio Gibson. Um, I was ecstatic that Josh Jacobs went before me and not Antonio Gibson. Um, as I said earlier, fade Josh Jacobs. If you're if you're playing a standard league, Josh Jacobs would be a great pick. Um, but a better solely pick. In, yeah. Right, right. In in a PPR league, Josh Jacobs does nothing, offers nothing as a pass catcher. Um, so I can understand again, he gets he, he has volume. And when I say volume, he gets carries and he gets goal line carries, um, which is helpful. Um, but I think it was last year that the Raiders really started to use play action and really target Darren Waller in the red zone. Um, so, like I said, I was ecstatic that ja- uh, that uh, that Jacobs went before my pick. And like I said, my pick was Antonio Gibson. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Antonio Gibson. Um, I know not many people are just because they didn't see a whole lot of him last year. Um, but I think – from a team management standpoint, um, Washington's offense is really built off of the run and they have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. Um, granted they did just release, uh, one of their starting tackles last year. I think I don't remember his name. Um, so that's something to kind of be watching out for. Um, but there were some stats last year that, really kind of sold me on Gibson. Um, he only played in 14 games and he finished with uh, a little under 800 yards carrying and 11 touchdowns. Um, so he definitely produced in 14 games. Um, and now there were reports earlier a couple of weeks ago saying that Washington hopes um, 
to get him more involved in the passing game. Um, now we'll see exactly what that looks like because a little more involved in the passing game could literally mean like one extra catch than he did last year. Right. Like, he was a wide receiver at Memphis before he transitioned to running back. This so is something to point. keep in mind. He does he does have the hands for for pass catching. Um so like I said, just knowing how offense or what the offense is like in Washington, it's built off of the run. Um I trusted Gibson, maybe you know, a whole lot more than DeAndre Swift, who Lucas took at nine, and we'll get to that in a second. Um and yeah, we'll get to backs. that in a second. We'll we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> dive into that one. Yeah, uh, dive into that uh, one. Yeah. Um, other running backs like Najee Harris, who again last week I did express a little bit of uh you know, not so not so in favor of him. You called but, him untouchable. Uh, That's not a little. <laughs> well, hey, well, you completely whoa, whoa, sailed whoa. the ship on Najee whoa, Harris. Whoa, we don't. We're not even. I, pull up the archives. Pull up the archives. <laughs> Maybe this would be a great time to rephrase or reword what I, what I meant. <laughs> Can't go back after one episode. <laughs> Got to commit. Fine, fine. I'll just keep going then. Miles Sanders went next. Clyde Edwards Elair. Um so again, with the current running backs that were on the board, I felt Gibson was um, probably the best pick at at uh, at seven around three. So after Gibson uh, was Calvin Ridley, and then uh, like I mentioned earlier, DeAndre Swift to Lucas, take it away, Lucas. Yeah. So I, I before I I need to like space this out here. I can't just like mentally jump into how I feel about. DeAndre Swift in the Lions backfield right now. So I'm going to talk about Antonio Gibson first and counteract the argument of, uh, oh, I didn't see enough of Antonio Gibson last year. Yeah, well, you didn't see enough of him coming into the NFL either. And look where, look what happened last year. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to say I was pro Antonio Gibson coming into last year. Uh, and you know what? He outperformed everybody's expectations. So if your excuse for Antonio Gibson is, I didn't see enough of him last year. Yeah. None of us saw enough of him coming into the NFL. You're and wrong. He still blew our expectations. Right. You're wrong. Right. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm, I'll just say that. And you can fight me at Twitter handles at Lucas once. I'll come at me. Um, <laughs> so I'll drop up on Twitter. Comedy, bro. <laughs> at me. All right. All right. Now that I got that off my chest and I feel a little bit better about myself. Um, I can, I can talk about DeAndre Swift. Um, so I'm going to read off my notes as I was drafting, as I made the pick, because it's very different than how I feel about now, what, like 48 hours later after we did the draft. So I'm thinking, you know what? I have DeAndre Swift and Austin Eckler ranked right by each other. I had Austin Eckler running back 10. I had Swift at running back 11. This is awesome. I get two of my top running backs left on the board uh, right after the other. Um, I mean, I you know, even though I had kind of my, my reservations with the previous podcast and considering who else was on the board, I was pleased to still have DeAndre Swift there at that point. Um, and again, realizing really doubts Mixon could go ahead of him. I wouldn't pick Mixon over Swift. Well, when I was doing the draft, I wouldn't pick Mixon over Swift. We're now I would. Killing jam. <laughs> so when we talk about the AFC North next week, this is a spoiler for next week's episode already. When we talk about the AFC North, I feel like we just need to give Cam the, the entire Joe Mixon segment and just. 100%. We, 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 Tyler and I will just step back. We'll mute ourselves. Cam can just go to town on Joe Mixon. Uh, 
Anyways, I'll, I'll buy a jersey for next week. <laughs> Cha-ching. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, I really don't think J.K. Dobbins goes ahead of DeAndre Swift. I next to positive uh, Josh Jacobs won't go ahead of DeAndre Swift in most drafts. Um, Antonio Gibson, I'd, I'd be willing to accept, um, mostly because I'm I, I like him this year again, and especially with the recent news of. Um, him getting more involved in the passing game. Disregard the turf, though. He's been rehabbing it all offseason. He still has three months to rehab it. Um, he'll be just fine. But so so at this point, I'm thinking, great, I'll take DeAndre Swift. Need another running back. There's still plenty of good wide receivers available. Um, and I know I'm going to get a good one on the come round um, after, after the turn. But then Dan Campbell comes out today. Yeah, in, in uh, a racing helmet. Did you guys see that? Yeah. In a racing helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, everything about the Lions is, I mean, don't get me wrong. Being Minnesota born and raised, being a Minnesota Vikings fan, um, it's kind of funny to watch this from the Lions. But for all fantasy perspectives, for me being pro DeAndre Swift uh, from last year, having uh, him on my fantasy team, I was really hoping for him to be that guy to step into that top 10 running back role uh, for fantasy. But Dan Campbell comes out. Yeah, you know, we're having talks with him because we want him, right? We, we're, we're definitely interested in him. We wouldn't be talking to him if we weren't. But also doesn't take away what we see in uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And he's talking Jamal Williams up here like he's like DeAndre Swift himself. Like, I think Jamal Williams is talented, but man, I... Good step below DeAndre Swift. He's right. Good, we we saw last year that DeAndre Swift can handle being the guy and he doesn't need any kind of assistance from it. Mm-hmm. So this was... And this was before Dan Campbell came out and said that today. So now I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, great, I have a running back who... I, I mean, I, I'm fine with Austin Eckler. I know I kind of really down-talked him on uh, when I talked about him earlier. But I mean, I, I really am fine with Austin Eckler. I think he's going to be a top 10 running back this year. Um, and DeAndre Swift. I look at that and I say, you know what? My 10th and 11th ranked running back, great. Now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, man, maybe I really should have taken a Najee Harris. Maybe I should have gone with a, with a Tyreek Hill. Maybe I, you know what I mean? I was just like, I look back on it now and with all this news coming about, about the Lions backfield, I feel like it's just like this, the fantasy like football signs saying to me, hey, uh, avoid the Lions backfield at all costs. I mentioned it as my headline uh, and boom, Todd Gurley uh, is in talks with Detroit. Draft DeAndre Swift, Dan Campbell comes out and is like, oh yeah, we're interested and talks up Jamal Williams too. So I, I don't know. I might be overreacting to all of this, but I'm just, DeAndre Swift is the most terrifying player for me to have to think about drafting in the third round. And I don't think he'll even fall this far in most drafts. I really think he'll be an early third round, late second round guy. Um, Assuming they don't bring in Todd Gurley and assuming Anthony Lynn and Dan Campbell don't decide that Jamal Williams is like this uber talented guy who's better than DeAndre Swift. So when I made this pick, I was very, very pleased. Now I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm thinking, well, uh we'll see how this pans out so yeah i got another little uh tidbit from dan campbell's presser today yep this is really gonna this may actually send swift way lower on my rankings i already bumped him down 
yeah, I need to I need to fix that. But he's he may actually go even lower after this. Um, Dan Campbell said, "Whoever um, whoever's got the hot hand, they will stay in." Oh, my mic's gonna go across the room. I How swear. Let him talk. Uh, why, so, why does he even have a press? And keep walking. And don't even give him a presser. He just he needs to stop. He needs to be put in check. So, granted, the door is open for Swift to take over the backfield, right? Yeah. If you get going and you stay hot, it's yours, right? But if he doesn't, then Jamal Williams does it. And if Jamal Williams doesn't do it, then Todd they're screwed. Gurley. It's Todd Gurley. That's why they're back one four years ago. Oh, Todd no. Gurley. <laughs> oh no. Great volume guy. Great volume guy. Volume Dude, guy. Volume volume guy. guy. <laughs> so again, um, like I said, the door is open for Swift to kind of take the backfield over. Um, but as a sophomore running back, maybe I see I maybe the only sophomore running back that I would trust or the the sophomore running back that I trust the most is Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um yep. That's why he's going round one. Yep. Um so I don't I mean again the doors open but a sophomore running back when Swift did have some good games, some very good games. Um, some other games, he got shut down. He was shut down. Um, I don't know. That just throws even more confusion into what is already just a confusing backfield. So, like I said, he it, it, he may drop even more in my rankings because of that. Sure. Yeah, I so I mentioned I had Swift at running back 11 right behind Austin Eckler at running back 10. I've since tanked Swift to running back 18. Um, in my ranking. So that puts him behind Najee Harris, puts him behind uh, Antonio Gibson in my rankings, puts him behind Clyde Edwards, Elaire, puts him behind Chris Carson. Um, I think that's, I think those are the names I have. You can look at our website for all our official rankings, fantasyfootballfellows.com. Click on the fantasy insights tab. Just had to drop that in there quick. Man, I'm getting good at this. Nice little (laughs) thing. Hit the subscribe button and the little bell next to you. <laughs> I mean, actually, we do have a YouTube channel, so feel free to subscribe. Hit that bell for notifications. Leave a comment down below and uh, tell us what you think of our picks. Why not? Why not? Let's get a conversation going down in the comment section. All right, I'm going to grab this wheel and make it back to the draft because uh, I'm going <laughs> sorry, to make the turn sorry. here and talk about my next pick. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so I went DeAndre Swift there. Uh, Najee Harris went after um, followed by Mike Evans on the turn back to me took Terry McLaurin, which I was extremely, extremely satisfied with. Um, I have Terry McLaurin ranked at wide receiver 10 at the time of the draft. I had him at wide receiver nine. Um, I, well, no, I still have Terry McLaurin at wide receiver nine. Excuse me. I have Calvin Ridley at wide receiver 10. I think, um, I'm not going to try and memorize my rankings right now, but anyways, I have Terry McLaurin in my top 10 wide receivers. Very pleased uh, to have my wide receiver one be inside that top 10 with Travis Kelsey, who, again, he transitioned his numbers to wide receiver numbers. He's a top four wide receiver. So uh, I got, at the time, thought I had two great running backs. 
uh, and two great pass catchers. Uh, I'm just going to move off the running backs because I could just spend a whole podcast myself ranting about my hey, come back for the come back for the NFC North preview. I know we'll give, <laughs> we'll give Lucas the Lions backfield. There yeah, I'll, uh, I'll 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 rip him to shreds. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, really happy with Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's the number one guy uh, in that Washington offense. Uh, Logan Thomas showed signs of promise last year. I mean, Logan Thomas finished as a as a top ten or a top seven tight end in fantasy last year. Um, they brought in Curtis Samuel for a little bit of extra help. Um, an interesting one that I've kind of chewed on too. I mean, they aren't in talks right now. I don't know who's actually all in on the Julio talks. We've just heard about the Titans because AJ Brown is all about it, but I really don't think Washington would be the worst spot for Julio either. Um, I don't know how in the world they make it work with cap, but um, I, I toyed around with that idea too. But anyways, love Terry McLaurin this year. I think he's going to be inside top 10 wide receivers again. So happy to start my wide receiving core with Terry McScorin, uh, my man. Scary Terry. Uh, Scary Terry, scary Terry as uh, my, my wide receiver one on this team. So, um, yeah, finally went, finally went a pass catcher um, in the wide receiver department here. And then that went, uh, Miles Sanders was the next pick after me. And then that transitions to Tyler, who uh, takes the next tight end off the board. Yep. And uh, that this is the last of the big three tight ends. Uh I took Darren Waller here. Um, I had Darren Waller last year. Um, Quick shout out to our pal Tommy Fisher for that absolute gift of Darren Waller. Sincerely appreciate it. Um, Is this what we're going to do? Are we just going to start calling out people (laughs) on the podcast? Is that what what this is going to turn into? Oh, because I got about 15 people. I was going to say, we need to give Cameron a whole segment last year. Man. Yeah, so again, uh, I took Darren Waller. Um, if we focus just on Darren Waller, getting Waller in the fourth round, um, I think is great value for where he is. Um, but then I look at what, what or uh, who was taken after, um, and this is probably one of the this is one of the picks that I'm really kind of torn on um, because after this. Um, there were two wide receivers that went and those were Allen Robinson uh, who was pretty solid last year with the bears. And that says a lot. If you're great on the bears, like <laughs> bears nine fans. or something on the bears. Right. But like mm-hmm. this isn't, I mean, I'm sorry if you're a bears fan offense is uh, not the strong suit. Um, so yeah, Allen Robinson would have been a good pick. And then Amari Cooper would have been great because you've got Dak coming back in a Mike McCarthy offense. Um, yeah, a little foreshadowing there for for uh, Mr. Lawrence down there. But um, yeah, went with Waller here. Um, like I mentioned earlier, he did get a significant increase in red zone targets last year. And he really is the number one option for Derek Carr out in Las Vegas. Um so it's not a terrible pick by any means. Um, but the one thing that I did get frustrated with, with Waller last year, um, there were some games where he was absolute dynamite. You know, he would put up like eight catches, a hundred yards and a touchdown 30, or something. 30 points in a game. Right. Like he, he could put up some big numbers. And then there were some other games where he maybe had like two catches for like 15 yards. Yeah. So he, he has a lot of highs but his dips come at the worst times. So you just got to stick to the process with Waller, even when he does 
drop those like four point games, five point games. Um, stick with them because, like I said, the highs are very much worth it. But so yeah, uh, Waller was my pick there. Um, so I'm following Waller. Uh, Julio went next. Uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire, Allen Robinson, and now Mr. Lawrence with Amari Cooper. All right. So I picked Amari Cooper last year, and I was so excited those first like four weeks. I mean, he was wide receiver one. Him and Ridley were like battling out in those first three, four weeks for wide receiver one. He had double digit targets and almost a hundred yards a week. Um, well, well, Dak was there. Um, he's also had five one thousand yard or one thousand yard or one thousand receiving yard seasons in his first six years. So he the consistency is there, you know. Like he is, con- he he's gonna put up a thousand yards this year, especially with back there. He I I don't see how he doesn't, even with CD Lamb, even with Michael Gallup, even with the mighty Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz, he's gonna put up a thousand yards. And so I just, for me, it was a no brainer there. Um, he was, he was my next wide receiver off the board, and so I just figure, Dak's gonna throw for a ton of yards. Um. You know, Mike McCarthy needs a quarterback to lead that team because he can't do it himself. So I just think that that's going to be put on Dak's shoulders. Cooper's going to get great targets. And I think the touchdowns end up going up from last year. And, I mean, he still finished decent last year, and he had Ben DiNucci for two two weeks. So, I mean, quarterback play can only go up. So that's what excited me there. After me went Russell Wilson and then Chris Godwin to round out the fourth round. Uh, The beginning of the fifth round was Chris Carson. Cooper Cup, and then I went David Montgomery here. Um, I like I like adding to running back depth when I can. I think just having more the more guys in starting roles that you can get at running back, the better off you you'll be. Um, especially when you get in these later rounds, because um, running backs left for like Travis Etienne. Etienne, I still can't say it right, and I'm not e- going to all year. Etienne, e- I'm not guarantee I'll get it wrong next year. No. <laughs> um, then they went Melvin Gordon, James Conner. Um, then Todd, or somebody went Miles Gaskins. Um, but those were the next running backs up the board. And I just thought the way David Montgomery ended the season last year, um, he was, let me, let me look at it real quick. He was, what was he? He was like sixth. running back four. He was he? sixth or something. It was something pretty high, but he was sixth in starting running backs in yards after contact. Um, so he's behind like Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, like those top guys. So even if he's getting hit, he's still like making, getting extra yards after every time he gets hit, which I think is super important in any guy. Cause then offensive, offensive line play isn't as important um, as it would have been before. Obviously with the um, return of Tariq Cohen, um, if Justin Fields plays, like these guys are going to take away rushes. They're going to take away um, snaps. But I think for a fifth round back, um, it's my third running back. I think that I'm pretty happy to have him there. Mm-hmm. Um, then next up board went Travis Etienne, and then DJ Moore, Robert Woods, and then Tyler. I will throw my hands up in the air on this one and say this is where I went wrong with my draft. <laughs> not to say, not to say that my draft was bad. Um, like I said, I think. <laughs> yeah, people may I'm say just otherwise. I'm just kidding. Just joke. Um, uh, my pick here in the fifth was Josh Allen. Um, 
and it's not Josh Allen that's the problem. It's who else was on the board at this spot. That was the problem. Um, if you caught last week's episode, Cam kind of touched on, you know, the top eight, nine, or 10 kind of quarterbacks, how there's, there's good production out of all of them. Um, but there really isn't that major of a difference that you need to go like really target one. Um, and I didn't necessarily fall into that, but I was like, I kind of panicked because I was like, well, I can't find anyone else. I got uh, Josh Allen's right there. I'll take him. Um, so again, Josh Allen isn't the problem. It's who else was on the board. Um, Adam Thielen was still on the board. Uh, Deontay Johnson was still on the board. I'm pretty big on Deontay. Um, and uh, Kenny Galladay was also on the board still. So, yep, another foreshadowing. Um, so definitely should have gone with the pass catcher here because at this point I still only have one wide receiver. Um, I mean, you could good, say though. Darren Waller. <laughs> you could say that Darren Waller um, acts as a wide receiver too in some ways, or like he gives you some cover there for at least an, a round or two. A little buffer um, at least, yeah. Right. Um, but I really, I really think looking back on it, I should have got Thielen or Deontay. Um, it worked out. Th- I mean, it, it does kind of work out though. Cause Josh Allen now on my team with Stefan Diggs, they connected so often last year that that is just, that's a dynamite combo that might, that, that may just be the best fantasy combo that you could have on your team, um, at, in terms of teammates and stuff. Um, so Again, it's not Josh Allen that's the problem here. It's just who else is on the board. And there's only one person to blame, and that's myself. Um, the blame so, for my team. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yep, it's, yeah. Um, so maybe, I, I'll, maybe I'll take one in the next round. Uh, we'll see. But um, after my pick of Josh Allen, uh, Mark Andrews went off the board, and then Lucas took a, a wide receiver, very familiar to all of us here. Yeah, uh, it's funny that you were talking about Adam Thielen and Deontay Johnson specifically because those are my next two picks. Um, I mean, there's not there's not much analysis that I need to give here on the Adam Thielen pick. I needed a strong wide receiver too. I got a strong wide receiver too. I have in top of my top twenty. Do I need to say more? It's a high volume offense. I'm going to be scoring quite a bit. And Justin Jefferson may be the clear one, but Adam Thielen was no nothing to shrug at last year either. Yeah. He had like five yards of separation on every touchdown he scored, and all of his touchdowns were within five yards of the end zone. It was ridiculous on the end zone. Nobody could even get close to him on those routes. It, it just I he's solid. You know what you're getting from him. Uh if, if he outperforms my rank of wide receiver 17, um, I'm not gonna be shocked, right? Like Thielen is just a good wide receiver. He's got that connection with Kurt and with him and Jefferson on the outside there there's nothing really to be concerned about other than age if age catches up to Adam Thielen which he's on the wrong side of 30 um this might be the year for it but um and he struggled with the injury last year a little bit too but um that was one of the reasons why I I took another pass catcher on the come around mm-hmm. too so for sure um, don't think I really need to say much more about Thielen uh Kyle Pitts was next off the board. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. on the corner. Then back to me, Deontay Johnson was my next pick. And I was really, at this point, again, I'm like, I have my reservations, you know, on the Lions backfield and Austin Eckler. Um, 
my question marks that I'm overthinking at this point, right? So I'm looking at it and I'm wondering if I, if I should take Deontay Johnson or Miles Gaskin here. Um, again, I think Tyler mentioned it earlier. Gaskin was a surprise to uh, quite a few people last year, um, outperformed expectations. Uh, you know, you can talk about Savannah Med and how much of a threat he is this year. I really don't think it's going to be much of a competition or as much of one as people are making it out to be. Um, so I, I debated really bolstering down uh, on running backs here, considering there's still plenty of talented pass catchers on the board. Um, but I elected to go Deontay Johnson here. And I think part of it is Deontay Johnson showed, even with his pass catching struggles last year, like he still produces, like he, he was still top 20 wide receiver last year <clears throat> when healthy, when playing, I don't see why he takes a step back from that this year. I people are, are more high on Chase Claypool than I think they need to be. Um, I, I don't, I'm not saying you should fade Chase Claypool. I'm not saying he's being overdrafted or overranked or anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm not as big on Chase Claypool as other people are this year. So, um, and Juju, I think is just, he, he's, he's a permanent wide receiver too. I don't see him being, he's got top 30 upside. That's about it. Um, and I think if Deontay Johnson cleans up his, I believe 15 drops last year, 16, which, 16. 16 drops. Thank you. I was going to say I would drop it less than 16 times. <laughs> I wouldn't be Sorry. open 16 get, times. Get this man, get, get this man helmet and pads right now and get him on the Steelers. Sign Coach him. Tomlin, sign him up. Get him a 10 day. I, do those exist in the NFL? I think no. They, I don't know. I'll take I'll take a practice squad. I'll work my <laughs> practice way squad. There it is. Yep. I'll take a veteran man. <laughs> I, I take it. Anyways, um, I mean, if he cleans up those 16 drops, I mean, Deontay Johnson's in for another another good season. He's got the connection with Ben. Ben's still hanging around, so. Um, I think I like having Deontay at my flex um, and, and locking down a wide receiver depth there. Then taking Miles Gaskin, who I have at like running back 21, I think. I have Deontay Johnson at uh, wide receiver 16. So uh, I now have three wide receivers on my team in my top 20. If you include Travis Kelsey, that's four in the top 20. So I'm feeling really good about my pass catchers at this point. We don't have to talk about my running backs and my frustrations with them. So um yeah, that that's uh, those are my two pass catchers that I took. So right after me went Jamar Chase. Um, we could talk about whether that's too early or the right spot for him. Um, again, one of my other headlines was who the heck is going to be wide receiver one? Cincy. I'm leaning towards Jamar Chase. Don't know where that means you should draft him though. We'll we'll cover that as as more news comes out. Next but week. Next, next week, week we start to discuss that. It's a lot of time week. for news to come out. Um, good thing we're doing a couple other mock drafts, so we have time to talk about that too. But. Uh, alas, we're back to Tyler, uh, and Tyler uh, went to another running back here. Yeah, see, I, I I asked myself, or I told everyone, you know what, maybe I'll look for a pass catcher in the next round. And um, in the famous words of a famous uh, lyricist, super hot fire, uh, psych, that's the wrong number. Um, I went with Miles Gaskin. Um I'm just going to sit in the embarrassment of the pick, honestly. Um, I can't believe you're set up for that one. I know. I know. <laughs> this, I the famous lyricist. <laughs> I know. Lyricist. Oh, I thought it was great. I was we not ready for that. That was awesome. We can't say hit YouTube video star. Can't say yeah. rapper because he's not a rapper, right? He's not so, a rapper. He's not, he's a, not rapper. a rapper. If he, he was, he'd be close to Eminem. <laughs> He was on. He was a feature for Eminem, actually. Oh, there you go. There you go. 
Um, on with the analysis. <laughs> yep, on with the analysis. That was um, the analysis. <laughs> so Cam kind of touched on it earlier. If you can get three, um, you know, starting running backs on your on your team, or you know, guys that will have the the numbers for a starting load, um, you're pretty set for running backs at least. Um, so that was pretty much my justification for taking Gaskin. Definitely should not have taken Gaskin. Um, I probably needed to take another wide receiver. Um, some of the receivers I could have, I could have took were Tyler Lockett. Again, wasn't big on DK. Same logic applies to Lockett. Um, so I probably would have gone with either Kenny Galladay or CD lamb. Okay, we'll touch on those in just a second. Again, I think you're picking up a theme here. Um, but yeah, Gaskin, Gaskin shocked a lot of people last year. Um, he didn't really do a whole lot on the ground and most of his value actually came through the air. Um, and it kind of worked out because Tua, Tua really wasn't all that we thought he would be. And granted he was coming off a major hip injury and all that. And, um, you know, you, you, but you still expected Tua to, you know, be a little bit more, especially as a top five draft pick. Um, but what it actually turned out to be is a lot of dink and dumps. Um, every once in a while, they try to hit deep um, with Devontae Parker or someone like that. And then they target Gasecki in the red zone. Um, so Gaskin really didn't offer much on the ground, but again, he, he got a lot of catches out of the backfield that's where most of his value came from. He did pick up um, an injury that kept him out for a couple of weeks and then he got COVID. So the end of the year okay. was definitely a, a struggle <laughs> with Gaskin. But um, again, he's, he is the, you know, first choice running back for the dolphins. Now, you know, you, you can question what his production will, will look like this year. Um, but I, I have enough faith in Gaskin to, either play a flex role for me or fill in for, you know, Antonio Gibson, if that turf toe just can't shake it, if he can't shake it. So three more months, right? Three more months and he can't shake off turf toe. Nine months. Good. I got it. I got, I got, I got a cover in miles Gaskin. So, um, so at this point I have three running backs, a quarterback, a tight end and a wide receiver. Uh, We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so after Gaskin was Tyler Lockett, Devontae Smith, uh, James Connor, and then Cameron with one of those guys, one of the wide receivers I should have taken. So I went with Kenny Galladay, and then I was high on Kenny Galladay last year, and I don't care about that New York um, offense. I'm still high on Kenny Galladay. I understand that he goes from Matt Stafford to Daniel Jones, which is quite a downgrade. Um and I understand that now he's fighting for targets with Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, who's still no slouch, um, Kadarius Tony, and even Saquon's going to take a bunch of um, receptions now. I mean, at least more than he, they had at the um, running back position last year when he was out. But I just think Kenny Galladay is too good to pass up on. I just think that um, his ability to go get those 50-50 balls um, being six foot four, two fifteen, running as fast as he does, I understand that he was injured last year, but I, I don't think that's gonna be something that carries into this year. Um, and especially for a late sixth round pick, um, I was really excited to get Kenny Galladay here. 
I think that he helps out. Um, I actually think he helps out uh, Ty's pick and Saquon a lot because even if Daniel Jones isn't the greatest passer, you've got to respect Kenny Galladay on the outside because he's going to get open. And even if Daniel Jones just sitting there chucking the ball up to him 20 times a game, like he's going to catch 10 of those. So um, I think he helps that entire Giants offense. And I think those other pass catchers help him a lot too because he's not just going to be doubled the entire game. Because I think if he's if, if he had just Daniel Jones and he didn't have Sterling Shepard, Darius Slate, and Darius Tony with Saquon out there, I think he's doubled the whole game, and I think he struggles a lot more. Um, but with single coverage, being on the outside a lot, I really like um, Kenny Holiday here. I'll just keep moving on. Next went Melvin Gordon, who I don't agree with there, but that's all right. Um, then TJ Hawkinson, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette. Then I went back with another Cowboys receiver in CeeDee Lamb. Uh, and so I know I have two Cowboys, two guys under Mike McCarthy. Um, but for me, this was all about just taking the on next best player on the board. Uh, the way I love to play fantasy football is I love to trade. I'm not saying you draft to be able to trade. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but wait, but you draft. I drafted to take the next best player off the board, and so that's what and that's what I did. And so now I got four four wide receivers who I think could all be wide receiver two or twos or better this next year um, on anybody's team. And so for the way I like to play, that sets up very nicely. I get a couple of good weeks in the beginning out of one of those guys, and I can flip them. And that's just that's how I that's how I like to play. Um, and so CD Lamb, I mean, obviously had a great year last year with very subpar um, quarterback play. I think he just continues to um, break out. I think he would have been – I think we would think of him a lot better if we didn't have Justin Jefferson put on that year that he had. Because I think even though – I mean, he had like 70 catches um, and like 900 yards or something like that. I mean, it might have been more, might have been less in that range, which is great for a rookie. Like that's that's nothing to scoff at, especially with Andy Dalton, Ben Nucci, whoever else they threw out at quarterback playing. I think then – he's just going to take that next step up. Um, I don't think Michael, Michael Gallup was really pushed to that wide receiver three. And I don't think that that's going to change this year. Um, I think that he's solidified himself as a wide receiver two in that offense. And I just, I don't know. I just really like um, his ability to get open. I think that's just going to carry forward with Dak this next year at a full training camp. So after me went Justin Herbert Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and then Ty's pick. Or I'll let him speak about that. Yeah, I uh, finally, finally took a wide receiver. It's only round and, seven. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, round seven. Uh, I don't recommend doing that to everyone. It was um, an experiment. <laughs> true, it was an experiment. This is why we're doing three different mock drafts there are many different ways to build teams and this is just one of the ways that you probably shouldn't but anyway um, prime example right here the prime exhibit a <laughs> right here right here um no so my my wide receiver that i selected was uh Cortland sutton out of denver um i had let's see i'm trying to remember what year that would have been it would have been 2019 i think yeah, was the year that two years ago was when Sutton kind of exploded or, you know, came onto the scene a little bit. Um, so I've always had kind of a soft spot for Cortland Sutton. Um, and I think there is some major risk because he is also coming off a torn ACL. Um, 
super early though. It was like week two. It was it was week so he's one. Got, he's had a it was week, week one. one. Yeah. So he's had a ton of time. Yep. Season, so, yeah. So so um, you know, again, it's a major injury, but the 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 time that he's had to recover kind of cancels that out. Um, now the next big thing is quarterback play with Denver um, because they traded for Teddy Bridgewater in the off season. And they also have drew lock under contract. Um, no one really knows who's going to start. A lot of people say drew lock just because he knows the offense. Um, some people say Teddy because, he's got experience and uh, the offensive coordinator is uh, Pat Shermer. I'm fairly certain um, for the Broncos is Pat Shermer. Um, And Bridgewater was in Minnesota when Shermer was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. So Teddy's got some familiarity also with this offense. Um, But no matter who starts, both quarterbacks would love a target like Cortland Sutton. Um, I mean, Drew Locke showed in, in 2019, um, Teddy kind of showed it, you know, not directly with son, but he showed it with Robbie Anderson last year. He likes the big, tall wide receivers. that can go get a ball. If you know, his glove just takes the ball a little left than he wants it to be. <laughs> so, um, again, I, Cortland Sutton has always had a soft spot in my heart. And just because I needed a wide receiver here. I took Sutton. So I finally got myself a second wide receiver and now I can proceed with the rest of my team. Um, So pick after me was uh, Lamar Jackson. And then Lucas came in with the ninth pick. Yeah. Uh, And so hindsight 2020 on this pick, uh, I went Kyler Murray here. Um, But again, hindsight 2020, I should have gone David Johnson banked on a quarterback on the come around. Um, if Kyler Murray wasn't available on the come around, Dak Prescott was still on the board. I have Kyler Murray, a QB three, Dak Prescott, a QB four. I would have been super content with one of those two and having a better running back three on my roster. Um, I think I have David Johnson at running back 24. Um, I think that's about where he's going to land this year, but I'm not going to be shocked if he somehow finds his way into the top 20 if Deshaun Watson um, is that QB for the Texans. So, um, when Kyler Murray here, um, how much do you want me to say about Kyler Murray? Uh, can get it done with his legs, can get it done with his arms. Got DeAndre Hopkins on the outside, had another target in AJ Green. Uh, Christian Kirk's nothing to shrug at. He had a few nice games last year. Uh, he was a sneaky target on my radar that I was trying to trade for. Um, but then he just kind of plummeted midseason and uh, wasn't sure what really happened there. So um, I mean, not, not much analysis. I really have to give Kyler Murray is going to be Kyler Murray this year. He's going to be a top five quarterback. Um, and I'm pleased with getting that, you know, in round seven after establishing, um, you know, three good pass catchers and um, well, four good pass catchers, I should say, and two running backs who at the time I felt good about, we're not going to talk about my running backs anymore. So um, with all of that said, I mean, I guess kind of looking at the time too, Let's do this. I'm going to grab the wheel and kind of turn us in a direction here. Let's each pick two players from the rest of our teams. We can read off the rest of our teams um, and we'll pick two players from each team to kind of break down um, for a short bit here. 
Uh, you can see our full rosters and everything on our website, fantasyfootballfellows.com. You can also, we'll be posting them on our social media here in the next day or so. Uh, we'll have a poll up on Twitter and Instagram so you can see and vote on which team you like best, which team you would want as your team. Um, so you'll be able to see full rosters there too if uh, we, we clip to this a little bit quick here. So um, I'll start first and let's just do this. Let's just snake back around. So I'll pick one person. Tyler, you can pick a person. Cameron, pick a person. Um, well, you'll pick two people, Cameron, and then come back around to Tyler and then I'll close this out um, and bring us home then. So beautiful. Great. So rest of my picks after Kyler Murray round eight, Ronald Jones wasn't happy about that pick hindsight 2020 Uh, ninth round, Tyler Boyd, 10th round Zach Moss, 11th round Jalen hurts 12th round Damian Harris, 13th Tyler Higby, 14th Devontae Parker, Young Hoku and the Tennessee Titans with the last round pick. So, uh, yeah, we we love Young Hoku around here. Um, my favorite kicker. I am going to get his jersey one day. He's a top one kicker all time. <laughs> top one kicker. Um, Justin Tucker, who? Kevin Terry, who? <laughs> Blair Walsh, who? Who? <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Too soon. Too, Too soon. Bad. My bad. <laughs> Anyways, first player I'm going to pick. I want to talk about Jalen Hurts in the 11th round. This was my favorite pick of the entire draft. Uh, And I think this goes to show, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Cameron touches on this too, but this goes to show that you can snag a high-quality quarterback in the late round. I I think I'm the highest highest on Jalen Hurts out of us three. I have Jalen Hurts at QB 11 in my Holy rankings crap. um that yeah, high that high i i am that i i'm on the jalen hurts wagon this year um, jalen hurts um in the in his four starts last year qb7 averaged 23 fantasy uh, points a game um he's got more targets now that that uh offense is starting to get healthy again uh, there's no drama there anymore with Carson Wentz uh, or whoever else they want to try and throw in there, right? Um, I, I'm all, Sudfeld. Yeah, Sudfeld. Thank you. I was trying to think. Of, I'm like, it's Nate, and I don't remember his last name. Uh, Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, shows you how much of a threat he is. Uh, I'm all in on Jalen Hurts this year. So the fact I can get him, even after drafting Kyler Murray, um, I'm all in on Give me, give me everything Jalen Hurts this year. If he were my only quarterback on my team, I'd be pleased. Um, because I think it, as long as you lock up one of the top 10 guys in your league, um, you're, you're really set because you can build up depth outside of that. So the fact uh, on my board, QB 11 in the 11th round, I'm extremely pleased with that. It was QB 7 in his four starts last year. So give me, give me all the Jalen Hurts this year. So uh, I'll, I'll pass it over to Tyler Hill, kind of break down the rest of his team and give you a player. Yeah, just a quick disclaimer. I, I got fooled by the sleeper big board with this pick in the eighth round. That's I did with I'll Ronald say. Jones too. It's okay. Ronald Jones and Zach Moss. Both it, feel, of them. it feels it feels so much better knowing that someone else got fooled. Bamboozled, by the big board. man. I'm with Bamboozled. you. I was too smart to get fooled. So. <laughs> Jeez. No big deal. Uh, Don't want to flex. No big, no big deal. I'm going Just, to. Yeah, weird flex. Weird flex, but <laughs> but okay. But okay. But okay. So um 
So my pick in the eighth round was DJ Chark. Uh, my ninth round uh, was Will Fuller. I really um, like that pick. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, my pick in the 10th round was Deshaun Watson. I like that pick. That's a great thank pick. Thank you. If he plays. It's a good if pick. He, if, right. he, if he plays. <laughs> if he well, plays. That was, that was entailed <laughs> with my comment, I guess. <laughs> um, in the 11th round, I took Trey Sermon. Um, in the 12th round, I took Debo Samuel. Uh, 13th round, I took Hunter Henry. Another disclaimer. Remember when I said I don't trust any running backs in a Mike McCarthy system? Yeah, call me a hypocrite because I took Tony Pollard in the 14th round. Um, and then I took the Washington football team defense in the 15th and Tyler Bass in the 16th. Um, and the, I guess the, the first guy I want to kind of touch on um, is Debo Samuel in the 12th round. Um, Debo only played in what, like, pretty much like two and a half games last year, maybe even like one and a half. Like he was just injured the entire season. Um, But when he played, he was consistently putting up double digits in your, in your fantasy team. Um, So that to me shows that um, Shanahan does like Devo a lot. And especially when you look at like Brandon Ayuk's numbers, then and see like the difference in production when Debo did played and didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly the ball, if it doesn't go to George Kittle and it doesn't go into the running back, it goes to Debo Samuel. Um, so if he can stay healthy, um, I think that's pretty good value in a, as a 12th round pick and you pick up Debo yeah. Samuel. Um and how much better does that look if, let's say, like Will Fuller actually doesn't pan out with Tua or DJ Chark just suffers the consequences of being led by Urban Meyer? Um, like like I said, that Debo pick kind of covers those those other two receivers fairly well. So, um, like I said, I think good value for a 12th-round pick in Debo Samuel. So, yeah, and then uh, Cam – Let's uh, let's finish up your team here. Just to touch on Debo, um, just for comparison, Brandon Ayuk went round eight. So if you think Debo yeah. is going to be wide receiver one in that offense, you can wait another four rounds to pick him up and um, get a much better value. So my next ones is round eight. I went Mike Davis, then Tom Brady, Robbie Anderson, Michael Carter, the rookie out of New York. Michael uh, Carter, baby. That's just for those of you who don't know who he is. Um, Dallas Goddard at tight end, Michael Pittman, my man, Baker Mayfield, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, and Joe Sly. Um, my kicker. Uh, so I think the next one I'm gonna touch on is uh, Mike Davis. Uh, I went with him, and when I picked him, that gave me four running backs and four wide receivers on my team. That's it, no quarterbacks, no tight ends. Um, and to be fair, that means that I'm the only one that actually followed my headline. Um, from last week, um, you guys just said a headline and then just didn't follow it at all. So I'm going to completely hey no. call you out hey. on it. Hey, um, I, I, I followed mine. I took Tyler Boyd, <laughs> and I still think he has a good shot to be wide receiver one. Let's call him you didn't, fo- you didn't follow the, the Detroit one. Oh, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> keep talking. We're going to move on from that now. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really like Mike Davis. Um, especially if I can give him an eighth round, because uh, just like I was talking about with David Montgomery, Tyler saying my mom's gas, it's like 
Mike Davis is no one to compete with in that offense for a running back one. I, Mike, Mike Davis isn't going to explode and be a top Darryl five Patterson. running back. Yeah. Darryl Patterson, running right. back two, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Speedster. Um, he'll get like four touches a game or whatever. Right. <laughs> and, uh, Mike Davis, like like I said, he's not going to explode be a top 10 running back this year. He just That's just not who he is. He might have crazy good quads, um, which make me very jealous. H.I. Dillon, Saquon Barkley. He's he's in that realm, but he just he doesn't have that same explosion. Um, I, he showed that he's a pretty good pass catcher, um, which I think probably will be a pretty big part of his role in um, the Falcons' offense, especially if Julio gets traded. I think um, that he kind of like can fill that role. He's gonna be the only one getting carries on that offense, which is just round eight get a running back he's gonna get good volume i don't think there's much more i can ask for um so he's who i was really excited about there um i want to touch on michael carter really quick because you saw luke's get excited reason we're excited is the famous jets beat writer with no name said that uh (laughs) michael carter has a good path to being the number one guy in new york won't be long baby which we kind of already which i think i touched on last um podcast just because like michael perrine 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 Right. Oh my gosh, I cannot say names. Um, and Tevin Coleman are not wide receiver ones. If you can convince me otherwise, that would be amazing, but you just won't. Um, and so that, that's why Lucas kind of gave a good fist pump there. Um, but the other thing I'm going to touch on, I'm going to do a little twofer here, is the uh, my quarterbacks. Um, I like taking Tom Brady. He had 40 touchdowns, 4,600 4, yards last year in an offense where I think he's only going to get better. Um, my thing was I saw him, got super excited in the ninth round and did not realize that Dak Prescott was still there in the ninth round. Um, I have Dak Prescott two two picks ahead of Tom Brady and um, press or two spots ahead. I have Dak Prescott at four and Brady at six um, in my rankings. And Prescott went ninth round, fifth pick. I know I can't believe we let him drop that far. And so, oh, actually, I know I didn't pick him because I had two Cowboys. That's what it was. That was my thought process. I'm not. I didn't want to go oh. Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott. That was. Why I not? know. I know. I just went Stack against them. So <laughs> I. There you go. I just went against something I just said. I said I picked the best guy available. I didn't do that. I want to clip that. I want to clip Although that. I, that goes <laughs> on social media. Oh, I want to clip boy. it. Clip it. I mean, I do think Tom Brady. I mean, I think he could throw for 45 touchdowns this year. I also think he could throw for 35. You know, so I think there's a there's a little bit of a gap there where. He might he might take a little bit of a step back because I think that team is just gonna be so good this year. I'm bringing back all 22 starters where he doesn't need to do that much, or he could just go. You know what? I'm 43, right? That's how old he is, and I'm just gonna show you that I'm still the best quarterback in the NFL. So I could see him going both ways. And then my other quarterback, Baker Mayfield. I am high on Baker Mayfield. I'm not like top five high. I'm like maybe he'll break tail end of quarterback one. You know, like. He'll be a quarterback 12 in my rankings. I think he can have a Kirk Cousins type year like Kirk did last year on 35 touchdowns, 3,600 yards, um, putting, putting up pretty decent numbers, probably a, a career year, which isn't like outstanding by other quarterbacks measures, but for Baker, I think he could have a really good year. So getting him in the 14th round, I'm pretty excited about, but I understand why people aren't high on Baker Mayfield just because they're going to run a heavy offense and he hasn't really shown it in the first three years. But I am high on Baker this year. Before we move on, Ty, I like Cameron. I know you had quarterbacks and Michael Carter and running backs to talk about, but I love your Michael Pittman pick. 
mm-hmm. I'm, I people still think T.Y. Hilton's gonna be the number one in that offense. I, 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 my gut and my gut has is right maybe fifty percent of the time. I think Michael Pittman can be number one, number one wide receiver in that offense. I have Michael Pittman ranked higher than T.Y. Hilton. I have Michael Pittman in my top fifty. Um, I think Michael Pittman could could be a wide receiver one this year. I think he could be a, a good sleeper that people could pick up late in drafts and mm. pay off big dividends for. I like him, but the other indie guy to watch is Paris Campbell because he looked good last year before he got hurt. Yeah, he was getting a lot of targets in the offense before he got hurt. Obviously, new quarterback this year, but he's a guy that would be waiver wire that you could watch and you go and maybe pick up after week one to see how he comes back off that injury. That was that was the reason I didn't talk about Michael Pittman because I I have a sneaky suspicion that um, Paris Campbell's going to challenge for that one spot. I don't think T.Y. Hill's going to be in that car. T.Y. Hill's going to be in that conversation. I just I don't I think he's lost the stuff. I think he showed that last year, and I just don't think he's going to come back to it. Because that was his game was being explosive and that deep threat. If you don't have speed anymore, it's really tough to be a good deep threat. Yeah. And cool. do you do you really think that Carson Wentz is going to throw Michael Pittman the ball? after Michael Pittman said, oh, you want number 11, like the number you wore in Philly for like three, four years? No, that's not happening. You, you think Wentz is actually going to throw him the ball? Let me have my Michael Pittman takes and let me <laughs> let me, let me, me just go out there and just have let my Michael live. Pittman takes. Let me, leave me alone, Mom. <laughs> I think Wentz is going to throw anyone the ball who's open because right now if he doesn't perform this year, he's not going to be in the NFL anymore. Bingo. Yeah. Because he's – he was looking – I mean, his first two years, you know, they were like, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to be a perennial um, pro baller fighting for MVP spot. And then this last year, they're like, we don't even want him in the league. So, mm-hmm. right. really got to prove it this year. So, yeah. But that's true. Maybe, maybe he will be salty. And then Paris Campbell and T.Y. will be one and two. And Mike Pitt will be three. And Julio will be four. Don't for, don't forget about Zach Pascal. Don't forget about oh, Zach sorry, Pascal. Sorry, my bad. Lots of pass catchers. In Jack Doyle. Yeah, lots of pass catchers out in Indy. Um, so I guess then the second guy that I want to talk about that I took is Hunter Henry. Um, yes, he did switch teams from, he went from the charters to the Patriots. Um, but I don't, I don't understand why Hunter Henry has just fallen so far in drafts all of a sudden, or at least in mock drafts. Um, I mean, it was just last year you can make an argument that Hunter Henry was a top five tight end in the NFL. Um, and now going to New England, that is um, very familiar with tight ends. Um, I feel like that's just a great spot for Hunter Henry to go and get targets and, and produce a little bit. Uh, granted, they did sign Johnu Smith. So that does kind of cast a cloud over, you know, how to value Hunter Henry. Um, But what I go back to is when the Patriots had both Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Um, They both produced, but Gronk was the clear and favorite tight end one for Brady. And granted, Cam Newton is no Tom Brady. What? Um, Wait. Oh, spoiler, spoiler alert. Same tier. (laughs) I have Cam Newton as quarterback 10 and Brady as quarterback nine. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not true. Um, But 
also knowing Cam Newton's kind of history with tight ends, um, it wasn't that long ago that Cam Newton to Greg Olson was very, very popular and was very, very, uh, you know, successful for a lot of fantasy players or owners, I should say. So um, I don't know. I, I Something tells me that Hunter Henry falling into the 13th, at least with sleeper, um, is just is really just one of the most underrated, I guess, players in fantasy. Um, I don't know. That could be a hot take. And you know what? It's fine. I just said what I think. You can say what you think. There's no such thing as hot takes with tight ends unless you're saying TJ Hawkinson is better than Darren Waller. <laughs> tight ends suck. That, that, yes, that, that could be borderline <laughs> just drawing, look, fishing for conflict and certain. And, <laughs> fishing you know, for conflict. Fishing. It's a lukewarm take. The lukewarm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. If you guys want to say something about Hunter Henry, you can, but. Um, like I said, I, I just think that Hunter Henry is being criminally underrated when guys like, I don't know, Zach Ertz, um, Evan Ingram, Irv Smith, Austin Hooper are being taken before him. I don't Who know. are the Patriots wide receivers? Uh, I think the three guys are Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and... Kill Harry. He's still around, isn't he? Yeah. I want to say it's either it's either Harry or what is it Jabari Bird? Is that his name? Right. Uh, no, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, there it is. Jacoby Myers yeah. is a so. Third. I I agree with you. I don't. I mean, even if John who like plays out of his mind and is some is better than Hunter Henry by some reason, like they're both going to get a crazy amount of targets just because there's no one else on that team who's like, all right, I'm going to go out here and get a bunch of targets. Right, like, like, no, the, is no, not. High volume wide receiver, like he's good, but he's not a high volume wide receiver. He's not going to take a, take a hundred hundred and fifty targets. He's going to take like sixty five. Right. There's no there's no bona fide wide yeah. receiver one with the Patriots. Right. Exactly. And and the way they ran Newton last year, like he's going to be looking for tight ends. They're going to have him moving a lot. He's going to be doing a lot of runs, and then he's going to throw it eight yards down the field on an out route to a tight end. Like that that's going to be their game plan, and they're going to live with that, live and die with that. Yeah, I mean, I have <clears throat> I have Johnu ranked higher than Hunter Henry. I think I have Hunter Henry at like tight end nineteen, um, and and part of it is I just don't know, I just don't know which wide which wide which tight end um, is going to get the bulk of the targets there is going to get all the attention. So uh, I think your take would be spot on, Tyler. I, I I don't disagree with any of it. I just think now that they have two, I think one of them is going to serve as that Kronk. One of them is going to serve as that Aaron Hernandez. They're both going to be useful um, if you didn't snag uh, Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller or George Kittle. I just don't know how useful they're going to be. Is a guy like Robert Tanyan going to be better than Johnny and Hunter Henry, um, Mike Gesicki, Logan Thomas, right? Um, I I don't know. We'll see. Um, and this is again, why we're spreading these out all throughout the off season to hopefully, you know, get more of a pulse on what new England's tight end situation is actually going to look like who's going to be on top. So um, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just have Johnny ranked higher. So uh, just a difference of opinion. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, I appreciate that. No conflict here. No conflict. Um, 
last guy I want to talk about before we wrap up the pod is we're getting kind of long here. Uh, Damian Harris got round 12. And so this is where I really goofed in my draft. I have Damian Harris ranked higher than both Zach Moss and Ronald Jones. Yet I took both of them earlier than Damian Harris. And this is kind of the goofy thing about sleeper big board, right? Is like, I took Ronald Jones four rounds earlier than when I took Damian Harris, which is just kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have Damian Harris at running back 35. Um, and I'm, thinking i have him ranked too low actually um damien harris in the games in which he was healthy last year before week 14 when he um had his season ended with injury uh was running back 26 on a point per game basis uh not touchdown dependent at all Uh, i believe his touchdown ratio was like 13.1 which is very low for running back so he's not dependent on finding the end zone he gets production in that offense uh, they've come on and said that I believe Damian Harris and Sony are going to be the one to punch this year. Uh, so Damian Harris doesn't have that backfield all to himself, but uh, I like his chances of being the lead guy. I like his chances of sneaking in that top 30 area um, and to get him in the 12th, ultimately to have him as a running back three um, after realizing he was still on the board. I'm, I'm not too upset about so. Um, I think Damian Harris is a good guy to keep an eye on as the offseason progresses. Um, see how, if Sony's going to be the guy, I really think Damian Harris is going to be more of, of the one than Sony is. But um, based on what we saw last year, like I said, running back 26 on a points per game basis, I like that. Uh, I like my odds there with um, having him on my team as, as a running back three. So good value. I found in the 12th round. Don't know if he'll actually fall there in other drafts, but in this one he did and so i was happy to happy to take him there so well maybe as we wrap up here uh, any any closing thoughts any major takeaways from this mock draft that that you two have make sure that you vote um that you vote for correctly you vote for the team <laughs> that if you were gonna be the fantasy owner of this year that you'd be most excited for that you vote for the team that you realize hey this, this guy knew what he was doing more than everyone else. Um, and just again, that's going to be on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find our teams on social media or our website, fantasyfootballfellas.com. I just, I just once again, want to just push, vote for the team with the guy who listened to his headline, who went all in on taking the best guys in the draft. That's, that, that's my closing thought. Cameron's running a social media campaign for vote for Cameron. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, CamLaw317 on Twitter. Uh, I don't know his Instagram handle, but it isn't hard to find to search Cameron Lawrence and he'll come up. He's running a massive social media campaign in case you can't tell. I'm pretty close to the blue check mark. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Tyler, talk before talk talk before something else comes out that, just, that we just... need to edit out. I'll, I'll get in quick here. I um I just I just want to clear my name a little bit. I did stick to my headlines as well. Um, my two headlines were well, one of them was the Julio Jones sweepstakes, which is kind of a cop out of one because I'm just, <laughs> there was no there there was nothing that I said that affected anything how I looked at a mock draft. But yeah, hey, you know what? I'll take it. And then the second one was who's the starting quarterback for the Saints. I didn't. I, I, I didn't find I, myself what, taking the Saints. Whatever. I just, whatever. <laughs> I just look. I 
you know, the, the, the thing with the podcast is that we're three dude or we're three stooges just being dudes. Right. Now there's a certain level where being a, too much of a stooge is, is not great. And, and I just want to, I just want to keep it in that nice little, you know, dude range, stooge, stooge range. That's all. <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Well, very good. Yeah. I mean, I think the big one for me, we talked about it here at the end, quarterbacks will come late. Uh, don't need to make a rush like Tyler did in round five for Josh Allen. Don't need to take Patrick Mahomes round two. Sorry, just threw you under the bus there. No, you had to. Had I to. had to. It, had was, to. It, it, was, it was the perfect example. So, yep, perfect. Uh, quarterbacks will come late. Don't feel rushed. A lot of them are falling to round eight or nine this year. You can find great value there while adding great depth to your team. So, that's how it, that's my first big takeaway right now. So um, as Cameron said, uh, you can vote for your favorite team. We'll have polls up on Twitter and Instagram for you to vote who you think drafted the best in our first mock draft, mock draft 1.0. Um, with that, we end our second podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast from, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. We're on YouTube. Uh, I think I mentioned Spotify as well. Uh, can follow we're us also on. on Spotify. Just, just, just flexing everyone that yes, we are on Spotify. Okay, good. I, I thought I forgot to mention it, so thanks for thanks for mentioning that again, guys. Of course. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, the FF Fellas on Twitter, FF Fellas, or yes, FF Fellas. Uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube as well. So. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and we will see you all next week as we begin to discuss each division and their players. See y'all. Yep. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Fantasy Football Fellows podcast today. Make sure you to subscribe so you don't miss out on any weekly content from us. Make sure to head over to Twitter and Instagram as well to take part in our poll of which mock drafted team do you like the best out of us three. So you can find us at FFFellas on Twitter, the FFFellas on Instagram, and Fantasy Football Fellas on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. We'll see you all next week.